Ultra. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And today we're about to go off on Minute 84, which begins with Tom Weaver unwilling to share Leslie Tiller's green fingers with anybody else and ends with Frank Butterman describing the time that the town was knee-deep in thieving kids and crusty jugglers. Speaking of crusty jugglers, Niall and John are back from Batman. Welcome. <laughs> that is the best way we could have ever been described. I did, <laughs> I, love well, it. I did at one point attempt to teach myself how to juggle, and then I told people about it, and they just laughed me out of it. They were just like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh. I was like 23 at the time, but like for some reason I got no encouragement from people. It was as if my, my juggling dreams were... We're nothing but a joke to the well, society. It's a gateway drug, though, Niall, because you start juggling, and before you know it, you're the jerk in the park in the summertime with the Diablo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do feel now this could be the origin of my own like supervillain story. Of, like They used to laugh at me when I wanted to juggle, but now I shall juggle the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't one even thing. know what that means. <laughs> I don't need... juggle Juggling the, the world. world. I don't know. Uh, but juggle the galaxy by like getting... Gonna develop a laser beam that can like move planets, so it can just oh, throw them all wow. around the place. There you go. I guess I was I was picturing more of like a Galactus situation, maybe. Yeah. Where same, yeah. But uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, yeah. So this is this is uh, the big reveal of Frank Butterman as yes. the 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 seemingly uh, the the seeming leader of uh, the NWA. Um, and it all seems to have, uh, you know, the origins of the NWA seem to have started when his wife died, mm-hmm. um, killed herself supposedly because they lost the village of the year award. That's the thing <laughs> though. Like, do you guys remember when you first watched this? Was this actually mm-hmm. a surprise to anybody? I think so. For me, it was. I don't know. To me, it was always just like when he showed up, I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of assumed <laughs> like it would have been maybe because I was trying to think and twist and turns. So when it's just like, oh, yeah, it won't like, I don't know. It just always felt like all the all of these people are involved and obviously the police are going to be involved as well. And then, Well, the I, thing the thing about it was that uh, the the plaque has his name on it. It's the first name. Oh, there you go. On the well, plaque. So. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't think I ever picked up on it myself like the first time. It's one of those mm. things that retrospectively you're like, oh, of course he's in on it. Oh. It's more of like a sobering, it, maybe like a sobering confirmation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of like, you don't oh no, you are it. a bad guy. Because like you know, your brain goes everywhere when you're watching like a, a Who Done It. Like like you know, to go back to Scream, it's like confirmation that oh no, he was the killer. I was right before. Or yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to be right because you love him. He's such a great yeah. actor. Oh, he's sweet. <laughs> I think I was always more confused in. Um, so you know, obviously, you know, you're more devastated when it turns out like the Danny is there, 
when he you mm-hmm. know don't want to you know spoil minutes for next week and whatnot. Oh but, yeah, but that's like a stomach dropping moment. Yeah, but the, I was just more like surprised then when like the rest of the cops that they go with Nicholas Angel. I was kind of like, if I was him, I would just assume, oh, you can trust nobody. So it's like a fun twist when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, but yeah, for some reason, like the the big reveal of I do love a Jim Broadbent coming in here and like. It almost they almost make his police uniform look like it's a supervillain outfit with this yeah, cape and the helmet and stuff. Yeah, well, it's 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 made to look like the the outfits they're wearing. Mm. Oh yeah, mm. that's true. Yeah, yeah, but it's quite um, except, clever. Except that he's it's almost like he's wearing a crown. Like they're they're all of his peasants, and he's the king of the castle. He's the witch king. He's yes. literally walking into a castle. Oh my god, he is the witch king. <laughs> it looks like the Witch King's. Uh, what's his uh, lair? Is it? I can never pronounce it. <laughs> Ang. Well, he's the Witch King of of Angmar. Ang- he's of Angmar, Angmar but Angmar. But then his remember, castle's not called Angmar. Is I it? Remember when I was a kid? Because remember we read Lord of the Rings in school. They always called it Minus Morgul, and then in the movies they mm. call it Minus Morgul. Min- yeah, Minas Morgul. Minas is correct. It's yeah. just it's one of those things that until you hear it said. You're gonna get people coming up with their own pronunciations. Yeah, Voldemort, Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd not mm-hmm. thought about that. Voldemort. That makes more sense because it looks French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was J.K. Rowling's intention. Ah. Like Vold- Grindelwald and Dumbledore having hot, nasty sex. <laughs> <laughs> Just really going at it. <laughs> no, this outfit though, of Frank's. It, now this is like an old-fashioned police uniform, isn't it? Like a Victorian kind of era. Mm-hmm. So like we're chasing where a he- wolfman. Where did he get it? <laughs> it's like when Captain these. America like breaks into that museum and Winter Soldier to steal his old uniform. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yes. like yeah. I think it's it's it must be some sort of formal wear is what it seems to me like a like a a, a regalia kind of mm. uh, thing mm. like a like an overcoat on like a part piece of regalia. Hello again, old friend. Yeah. <laughs> now, our police do still legitimately sometimes wear these hats. Not always. I, I, they, they must denote something because some police have like a little cap thing that you see Angel with earlier, I think, in London. Mm-hmm. Some of them do wear these still, though. I, I mean, I, uh, at best that I could tell, it is uh, specifically like a, like, a, like a Bobby hat. Mm. So, like, it's, it's, it's the people that are in charge of, like, you know, uh, the, the police that work the streets. Because technically speaking, uh, Nicholas should not be working the streets because he's a sergeant. So he That's should true. be at a desk. Mm. Um, he's just been working the streets because, one, he's Nicholas Angel. And, two, he's been wanting to get to know the village. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. So that was the only reason that he was working the streets. He's not supposed to be because he's... He's supposed to be just like behind a desk filling out paperwork. Doing what Martin it. Freeman was doing at the beginning of the movie. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, actually, that was one of the reasons he, did, he didn't want to move, but also he didn't really want a different type of job, did he? He was happy doing the work he was doing. Yeah, he was still sleeping in the barracks with the cadets. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm. That's pretty go- well paid. He could get his own place in a heartbeat, yeah. but he doesn't want to. But I, I do wonder, because it's, it's quite appropriate for, for both podcasts, but maybe you brought it up before. Um, I don't know, uh, uh, Sean, have, um, or sorry, it's Sean, what am I going, oh, my mind's going. Uh, <laughs> it's because you're staring at uh, <laughs> Simon Pegg. But uh, Scott, have you mentioned the fact that the Jim Broadbent actually played Batman uh, in a comic relief spoof 
of Spider-Man, of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man specifically. No, I know he played the Doctor in a in a comic relief spoof, uh, but uh, did not know about Batman. Yeah, there's, there's I actually, didn't know about this. One. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember at the time it was um, uh, about 2005 ish. I think you can get it on YouTube, but almost definitely you can get it on YouTube. Uh, where yeah, it was uh, Rowan Atkinson was playing. I think he was like Peter Piper. They called him. They, they had did that thing where like comic relief skits are never funny. Because they're no. kind of aimed at very small children, basically. So, but they right. had a whole thing where, like, the opening titles and stuff were done in the style of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, and they had the kind of similar score and stuff underneath. And uh, yeah, wow. he gets he gets bitten by like a Venus flytrap, and he becomes Spider Plant Man. Um, as Rowan Atkinson was basically playing Spider-Man, doing a lot of beats from the movie, like crawling up the wall and all that stuff. And um, oh my god! Wow. At one point, Jim Broadbent is revealed to be his nemesis, Batman. And he comes out in the Adam West Batman stuff. Uh, and it turns out, that, you know, it goes into very, very silly territory where, like, uh, Simon Pegg's actually in it as well. He's, like, a reporter in it. And um, it just gets into things like Rachel Stevens from S Club 7 is Mary Jane and things like that. But it's one of those... <laughs> S biz- Club 7? Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you get those over there? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, we did. Oh, wow. no, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It probably wasn't as big here as it was there. It was sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, it felt like a late 90s afterthought. (laughs) Now, Frank's story about his wife, Mm -hmm. I actually, I find it very sad and very moving. Like, you can kind of see how he's lost his way when he gets to the end of this story, you know. Sure. It's his, it's the narrative that he's made for himself, how he remembers these events happening. Yeah, yeah. It's how he can sleep at night. Now, I, I do believe she did kill herself, but do, do you also, or do you think there's something else going on? Uh, I, well, there, there's a bit in the script, right? I, I don't remember if he actually says this uh, in, in, the, in the bit. Does he say the line that the inquiry said it was an accident, but I knew better? Because I don't, I don't remember him saying that line, but it is in the script. I think in the, in the, in the line, he says she drove her Datsun Cherry into Sanford Gorge uh, and from that moment on, I swore that I'd, I'd do her proud. Yeah. Um, but here it says, he, he says in between those two lines, he says the inquiry said it was an accident, but I knew better. Ooh. I, I think he, I think it was an accident and I think that he has just cracked, yeah, uh, and yeah. he is imagining that this is what she would have wanted because he thought that this mattered more to her than it actually did. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good way of looking at it. That's something I hadn't considered. Maybe it was just an accident. Mm. Yeah, it's it's uh, and then the the ironic thing is is that they're all accidents now, right? Oh she yeah, was, yeah. She's the first accident. <laughs> um, and, We've uncovered uh, it. Yeah, I I I I I think I like the idea that he's just in. This is his form of denial. Mm. Yeah. You know, which is which is like it, it's not his denial is that it was an accident that mm. like there was no reason for it to have happened. That it the Joker is not crazy. Everyone's crazy. He's just the only one saying enough to admit it or whatever bullshit he tells himself every day. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, and also 16 year old boys uh, love quoting things like that. Sure. <laughs> right. It's and, like, the, it's and like hot the topic, king of comedy and hot topic T-shirts. <laughs> yes. Uh, Oh God! Oh no! Yeah. There's there's black, terrible shops with those shirts here as well. Yeah, black like, T-shirts with white writing. Um, <sighs> so many of those. Uh, oh no! Yeah, 
but yeah, so I just I I think I think Frank uh, I think her death he just cracked and wanted someone to blame, and so he blamed he blamed the the, the gypsy, gypsy scum, <laughs> the gypsy scum yeah. for their dog muck thieving kids and crusty jugglers. Which went God Jim Broadbent says that like it should be it all should be bleeped. <laughs> <laughs> It's True. quite, um, I don't know if racist is the right word. Gypsy is a race. But it's, it has that kind of that, that kind of stank on it. You're right. Yeah. It, like I it used is. To, it, it is. There, there are like the, the, the phrase, the phrase uh, gypsy has become a thing that you shouldn't say in terms of like, like you shouldn't have like gypsies, like quote unquote in your movies yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be using those things anymore because it's like they're like Romanian refugees or or whatever. Um, mm. is like you know they're they're like literally like homeless Romanians. Like that's <laughs> that's who they are, yeah. and 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 people just call them gypsies or or whatever. Well, it- but. I think in terms of like what he's talking about, I don't think he's talking about gypsies as a race of people. I think he's just talking about like people who set up camp in different towns and then leave. Mm. Uh, that's like he that's could've, Irish gypsies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He could have he could have just as easily called them carnies. Mm. You know, it's this kind of the favorite same part thing. of Grizzly Man is the ending. <laughs> that's the thing. No, it's kind of the same thing as carnies because you here you do get when. When you get like travelers and stuff, they often do work at like the fun fair and, mm. and things like that. And they always they always come and spin you around on the ride called the waltzes. They have to hand spin you. <laughs> so it's very odd. Um like Gloucestershire, where again, where this is set and where I've lived for many years before here, um, it does seem to attract a lot of travelers. So it's quite fitting that that, that is a part of this film. Mm. That's so actually... both Simon Pegg and um, Edgar Wright must have, you know, sort of encountered people who are being kind of, let's say, racist towards them. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a, a um, that's a very palpable thing in small communities, like in in Ireland, where I grew up, when uh, travelers would come into town. That was like the the local community was concerned because they had a bad reputation, mm. and it seems like it was up until very recently. It was almost as if uh, I remember people saying, like, um, that the, the the travelers, like the gypsy community, was like the only community that it was like okay to be racist against. Like people used to be like, mm-hmm. oh, you can you can't you know belittle any other community except the travelers because nobody liked them and stuff like that. Which of course is just racism in itself. Like it's, it's, there's no yeah. excuse for any of it. But it was one of those things. Like much like people's like, oh, still quote-unquote okay to make fun of people with ginger hair for some reason it was hey. always the thing people <laughs> were always making like oh you can say whatever you want about the travelers because everyone knows that they're scum and all this kind of stuff um mm-hmm. and yeah within the thing is they like, go within you know when i was growing up and stuff you'd have like vacant lots near the house and stuff where people come in with caravans and stuff like that and um there were quite they could be quite intimidating presidents presences presences sorry yeah presences <laughs> But uh, it was only because of the the murmuring chatter of the, the you know the lo- local gossip mongers of like these are people you should be scared mm. of and stuff like that. So it's um it's a it's again much like the hoodie epidemic thing that they were talking about earlier. It's a very palpable fear that actually is in local communities around you know in rural areas about travelers coming in and infiltrating and you know wrecking the you know coming in wrecking things and just taking off again and stuff so mm. it's a it's tapping into something true there anyway yeah 
that's really yeah. that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. That it, yeah, it, and obviously, as I say, they the, the filmmakers have encountered this kind of uh, thing and and put it in because it totally fits. It fits the characters. It fits the location. Everything. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's an interesting origin for a supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> He's almost kind of got like an unbreakable vibe with that jacket. Yeah. <gasps> yes, that's the true. Overseer. He's sort of, I mean, he's like, he's avenging her is what he's doing. Mm -hmm. You know, he's avenging her death. And that's, that's what all of this is about. Uh, It's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. She's the Phil Coulson. Yeah, (laughs) she was the Phil Coulson. Oh, it's sad though. I feel bad for him. The poor guy, he has snapped. He, he just, he needs help. Uh, yeah, like all great villains, there's a there's a tragic quality. You can see the good man inside w- wanting to come out. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, his his goal is okay. He's trying to make a nice town for people. He wants to win the Village of the Year award. Yeah. yeah, he just wants everyone to be happy through the wrong means, of course. <laughs> but he it's doesn't know. Those others have the benefit as well of just having Jim Broadbent, who's just an inherently likable actor as yeah. well. Yeah, it's something very very warm presence. Every time you see Jim Broadbent come into something. You almost have a little sigh, of like ah, oh, there he is. Like I just, I love Aww. this guy, you know. <laughs> yeah. So to have him be the mastermind is like, oh my god, what the hell? Although, as I He's... said earlier, when he was revealed to be a villain, the first time I watched, it, I was like, oh yeah, of course, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, honestly, that's all I've got for this minute, just because it's it it really is just him slowly saying this monologue. <laughs> yep. Um. That's that's most of this uh, this minute. We get the big reveal and then that's it. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. Well, uh, uh, dot slash merch. You can go there. Uh, you know, check out uh, check out some t shirts and uh, whatever else. You can you can go there. You can buy all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, just go through our link, our affiliate link, duelinggenre.com slash merch. Buy anything from our shop or anything on T Public, and we'll get a little cut. So if you're in the market for some new T-shirts or new coffee mugs or whatever, uh, go to duelinggenre.com slash merch and uh, buy some stuff. And we will be back tomorrow to wrap up the week with Minute 5, Minute 85 for The Greater Good. The Greater Good. <laughs> <laughs>